sponsored in part by Eli Lilly and Company. Do you think you might have migraine? Talk to your healthcare professional about your symptoms, the number of days they impact your life, and which treatment options might be best for you. Learn more at thinkmigraine.com and the American Brain Foundation. For over 30 years, the foundation has worked with researchers to discover better treatment, prevention, and cures for brain diseases and disorders. Imagine life without brain disease. Learn more at AmericanBrainFoundation.org. Rethreaded offers hope and a fresh start to survivors of human trafficking right here in Jacksonville. None of us should be defined by the worst things that happen to us. Learn more about how you can unlock the potential of survivors at Rethreaded.com. And by Norellis, a leading neuroscience company focused on the development and commercialization of therapeutics for the treatment of epilepsy and other neurologic disorders. The company's unique drug portfolios strive to address unmet needs in patient care. Learn more at Norellis.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Servant, a practicing neurologist and professor of healthcare sciences. This is what's health got to do with it, which looks at where and how healthcare intersects with your life, helping you get the medical answers you want. Coming up, actor and epilepsy advocate Greg Grumberg talks about Epilepsy Awareness Month. Then, can you believe it? It's time to talk about Thanksgiving dinner. And we have a local dietitian here to help guide us to a healthier Thanksgiving. But first. Today we have a truly remarkable guest with us. He's not just a talented actor, but also a devoted advocate for epilepsy awareness. It's none other than the extraordinary Greg Grumberg. <laughs> now, now, as we all know, November is Epilepsy Awareness Month. And it is. <laughs> there's no one better to shed light on this critical cause than Greg, whose own son Jake has faced the challenges of epilepsy. Now, with his unwavering commitment to raising awareness and funds for epilepsy research, Greg has become a beacon of hope for countless individuals and families affected by this condition. So join us as we get ready for an enlightening conversation with Greg Grumberg that will undoubtedly touch your heart and inspire you to support this cause. Joining us now from Los Angeles is actor, epilepsy advocate, and a dear friend, Greg Grumberg. Yes. Greg, we already have you working on the intro here. Welcome <laughs> to our show. Uh, thank you. I mean, Joe, you know, any anytime you ask, look, I've asked you many times over the years to support some of the things I've done. You are the first one to jump in, and I do exactly that for you. We have a tight-knit community. I, I, your friendship means so much to me, and I think together we've done some amazing things over the years to uh, remove stigma and to educate and um, I can't, you know, this is, this is like talking to an old friend. Uh, I don't want to, you know, talk about how old you are, but the two don't, of us are, don't, don't do that. <laughs> we're up there. We're up there. No, I, 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 I wouldn't be anywhere else, but right here for epilepsy awareness month. Um, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Greg. Uh, the feeling is mutual and I'm just so happy to, to hear your voice and to have our listeners hear your voice here in Jacksonville, Florida and beyond. Uh, but for those who may be uninitiated, um, yeah. can you share with our listeners your personal journey and how epilepsy impacted your life, especially sure. since it is November Epilepsy Awareness Month? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just, um, I don't want to talk too much about me, but it is important to know that I, I've been an actor for 30 years. And um, at the beginning of my career, when I was on a hit show, I was on Felicity, I was on Alias, these hit shows. And I would be asked to walk the red carpet. I would be asked to uh, support this cause or that cause. I didn't know much about them. And celebrities, uh, actors, athletes, musicians, we all want to help. We just yeah. all want to be there for each other and help. But you're walking down the red carpet and, and a publicist from the charity or from the foundation or whatever, I would ask, so what's this about? And how do I stand up to cancer? What does that mean? And I always felt you know, I, I wanted to help, but I never wanted a cause to find me. Sure. Well, OK. A cause found me. Um, our son. We have three beautiful boys. Uh, they're they're adult men now. They're my wow. best friends. Uh, Elizabeth and I. Um, when Jake was seven, Jake's our oldest, and when he was seven, this is 
19, almost 20 years ago, um, he started having staring spells and he would, we'd be driving in the car and he would look out the window and, and Joe, you and I have had this conversation many times, but for for people listening, when you look at someone's eyes, when they're looking out the window, that their, their pupils go boom, 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 boom. They're like catching things. And I think that may have been the thing that like was one of his triggers, right? In epilepsy, everybody has trigger. It's sleep deprivation or uh, fatigue or stress or whatever, um, lack of sleep. Uh, this may have been one of his uh, triggers because we'd be driving in the car and all of a sudden Jake would just zone out for five seconds. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth would ask him a question. I'd ask him a question. And so being the good parents that we were, we reprimanded him right away. <laughs> like we do nothing about <laughs> epilepsy or seizures. Oh, so I would say, you know, I'd say, Hey, Jake, daddy, ask your question, buddy. Come on. And, or, you know, mommy, what? and so we noticed that. And then uh, um, his teacher at school would say, you know, there's some times where he just, he takes a lot longer to answer a question he's thinking or, uh, it seems like he's just daydreaming. And, you know, uh, we then at our pediatric uh, appointment, his seven-year checkup, doctor, um, who's amazing, said, uh, everything okay? And we said, yeah, everything's great. He's doing great in sports and this and that. He was right there. He was doing sure. everything. But, and I, and I, I uh, being the incredible actor I am, I, uh, <laughs> I imitated Jake's, uh, what okay. he was doing. <laughs> the, the pediatrician said, Jake, let me ask you to hold your breath. Like, breathe in and out, in and out. And he asked... And, and got Jake to hyperventilate, and it brought on a seizure. And oh that was the first goodness. time, that was the first time, Joe, that we saw the bobbing of the head a little bit. Oh, wow. Um, so, and having no history in the family, having no uh, knowledge of really what different forms seizures can take, we were just uh, not terrified, you know, but we were like, oh, okay, what is this? What's going on? That, that, and so our pediatrician said, I am not a neurologist, let alone an epileptologist let alone a pediatric epileptologist, I think you need to go see a neurologist, which we did, which led to the epileptologist, which led to a pediatric epileptologist. But what I learned very quickly was that there wasn't anybody speaking out on behalf of the epilepsy community at that time. And the one thing that can create more stigma and can create more hysteria and can create misinformation in any condition or any subject, uh, we're seeing that all around the world right now is um, when people don't talk to each other, when people don't talk about things. And the worst thing is an invisible condition like this. By the way, you're not going to get a word in edgewise, Jeff, just letting you know this whole (laughs) I'm listening, but we're enjoying listening (laughs) to you. So go ahead. We're good. Um, But, but, you know, the more you know, especially about a condition, uh, in case something were to happen, you don't know anybody has epilepsy until you see them have a seizure. And then you're like, oh, this person has something. And it's it's frightening, obviously. But if you're listening to this right now, somebody in the car around you has yeah. epilepsy. Yeah. Someone in your family has epilepsy. Someone in your office, your circle of friends. I guarantee you someone in your family has it and hasn't talked about it. So we made it our mission to, in our circle, to talk to family members, to do an in-service with uh, Jake's school. Because if at that time, he was struggling and he was having a bunch of seizures. They kept getting you know, worse, different forms, um, what we call tonic-clonic. People used to call grand mal seizures right, right. where you you know, fall and, and, and convulse. And people don't know what to do. And that's the worst because it's just common knowledge. You, you, you know, make sure they're not going to drop and hit themselves. So t- grab them. Don't squeeze them. Don't try to stop the seizure. Take them down gently. They're going to have their seizure 90% of the time. Um, these are not... Uh, that's not an accurate number, but most of the time they cannot hear you. They don't know. They are in the middle of a seizure. Take them on their uh, down to the ground, put them on their side, put something soft under their head so they're not hitting their head on the ground. Let the seizure ride itself out. Make sure there's nothing in their airway. Make sure they're breathing, but let the seizure and the seizure will last only a couple of minutes, you know, most of the time. And then they will uh, slowly come out of the seizure. You will know they're coming out of the seizure most of the time like a storm when there's lightning and then thunder, then lightning, then thunder. Yeah. The, the more this, the, the, the uh, shaking or the movement will slow down or it'll be, you know, you'll, they'll be evident. When they come out, don't yell at them. Just let them, you know, and never, ever, ever stick anything in their mouth. That is a, a w- old wives' tale, and you'd be surprised at how many physicians still feel that way, and EMTs still aren't educated on that. But it's it's changing. 
Anyway, I, I, uh, you probably help so many folks just by that beautiful description of what to do. I have nothing that I would add to it. I, although to me, I, I wonder the fact that you are reciting this so like, yeah. you know, with such expertise, it, it clearly, all of this has had an impact on, on you and, and the whole family, I suspect. It has, um, you know, you look at things and you say, okay, well, there's a silver lining to everything. Jake is, you know, now we can look back. Jake's doing well. His medications are working. He takes care of himself. He's aware mm -hmm. of his body. He's aware of, uh, what's happening. Like just this morning we woke up and our, my uh, youngest, who's a college baseball player and he's wow. home for the weekend, he, he woke up with COVID. So now oh, we've dear. got COVID in you know, we got COVID in the house. We have to be aware that Jake's go-to when he gets sick sometimes, his go-to for his body is seizures. So we want to make sure that Jake doesn't catch what Sam has. And it's going to be fine. COVID's like a, a cold and flu yeah. now, so it's fine. But still, Jake's, you know, got his shots. He's he's immunized. He's, you know, got his COVID uh, vaccinations and everything. But it's just one of those things we're hyper aware of. But, um, yeah, over the years, we realized how do we make a dent here? How do we change the perception? How do we make people more aware? I can go to the school, I can do that. Um, and now, you know, like I said, Jake's doing well. My wife and I started something called Talk About It. Yes, and I Jake, love that organization. Yeah, thank you. And and uh, I started it with uh, Ken Lowenberg and Phil Gatone. They were uh, at the Epilepsy Foundation, Phil being the CEO and, and Ken the Director of Communications. And they were high up at the foundation and they they really were instrumental in helping me. Uh, Phil's son, Philip, basically went through the exact same thing that, that Jake went through with brain surgery and struggling and then found, you know, a, 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 um, you know, got relatively under control. Phil's under control. Jake is too, but, you know, you never know. And uh, a seizure can break through and has once a year, twice a year or something. It's, it's hard to stay on top of it, but we're managing it and we have a great team and everything. But talkaboutit.org is my baby. And so, so, well, we, what would you tell us about what, what is talkaboutit.org for, for those who may not know out here? Well, it's a resource. It's a, a it's a, a way for us on our side to um, in the community to remove stigma, but it's also a way to educate and, uh, and to, um, you know, like I said, remove stigma. You get there, when you get to talkaboutit.org, you will see every celebrity you've ever seen on TV and film. Everybody I've worked with over the last 30 years. Which and is I've a lot of folks. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people. I never let them go. I say, you know, I mean, I, I was just recently, not recently, but not not so long ago, in a movie called Stars Born, and uh, yes. Lady Gaga, you know, and Lady Gaga. I'm working with her, and she says, "Yeah, my dad had seizures when he was a kid." And really? I was like, "Oh, so we have yeah, every." I mean, everybody's affected or knows somebody who's affected, right? So she helped us out, raise money, and then Jennifer Garner and and everybody I've ever worked with, from Felicity, Alias, Lost, Heroes, Star Wars, Star Trek. They're all on there, but all they're doing is asking the questions that people might have. Like, you know, Jennifer Garner says, um, if you want to, you're about to become pregnant. Can you be on anti-seizure meds and, or can you have epilepsy and be pregnant? And she's, that's it. And then we go to someone like you, Joe, someone, uh, uh, you know, a, um, sure. a registered nurse or a nurse practitioner or a doctor or a surgeon or whatever, and answer those questions in the proper way. And it's been awesome. And then now... We've got talkaboutitonvideo.com, and you can see all the videos and all the PSAs and all the announcements from experts like yourself and uh, actors. And we're just about to launch this month. I'm so excited. Um, people have already seen this um, when this airs. Uh, we're doing this whole thing where it's a it's a game show setting. I've been doing a bunch of game shows. Really? Uh, a show called 25 Words or Less right now. I've been on like crazy. But it's a game show setting where all these celebrity faces are turned over on a board and it says talk about it in the middle and it's like banana and i say he was on star trek and he ba 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 and you're trying to guess who the celebrity is and then it goes to the psa so it's it's like a fun way to get the message out that's how i started my podcast talk about it I and love it. so 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 the podcast has been incredible cuz i get to talk to people like you um who are great personalities and but great people and really smart in the world of epilepsy and health and, and with great tips and here's the other thing is no matter what condition you have or friend of yours have or loved one has you know retelling your story and it, it just gets exhausting yeah um it, the example i give is like you know when you're in the hospital for an overnight eg or whatever and a nurse uh, just a poor 
nurse just walks in the room and just goes, hi, how are you? Just doing their job. Yeah. And he says, and he says, Hey, so how'd you get epilepsy? And now you're like, Oh yeah, I've got to, go. I got to tell my whole story. I feel like just going, Oh, here's a piece of paper with the whole story on it. Um, <laughs> and everybody means well, but I got to tell you as exhausting as it is in the most unexpected places and times when I'm talking to others, when I'm on the podcast, when I'm doing the videos, when I'm out there, you know, at, at the walks, when I meet people, um, those are the moments when I learn a little tidbit. I learn a little something. Jake learns a little something, and it's so helpful. You're never going to find a mirror. You're never going to find someone that looks like you, that's your age, that's had the same experience, that's gone through, but doesn't matter. You can learn from other people. You have to talk about it and not be ashamed. Jake says on his uh, podcast episode, all the podcasts, by the way, are on video too, because okay. you can, so you can watch them on talkaboutitonvideo.com. But Jake says, he goes, if you say you don't have something, you're lying. Everybody's <laughs> got something. Amen. So, you know, don't be ashamed. It's what makes you you. And is that something might be really crappy and not something you want to deal with. And like epilepsy sucks. Don't get me wrong. We hate it. Yeah. But at the same time, we're using it as a, a as a tool to educate. Um, my most recent thing, which I'm unbelievably proud of, is uh, something called the Caregiver Series. What is that? Oh, it is the best. The best. I partnered with Jazz Pharmaceuticals. They are supporting this. It's me traveling around the country. It is yeah. a show. Okay. You can go to thecaregiverseries.com. Okay. Super easy to remember. It'll take you to our page. And we've done episodes. And I go around the country and I take a caregiver out for a day of care or at least an hour, even if it's just getting coffee. I, the caregivers that are listening to this, yeah, you need yeah. you need to understand you're doing a great job. Keep going. Every little moment that you even think about the loved one that you're taking care for is a, just a treasure. You're you're incredible, but you have to take care of yourself. You have to, you know, if you don't care for yourself, you can't care for others. It's like putting a mask on on the plane. They always tell you, put your mask on first so you can help the one next to you. I, I give them, it's a way in to discuss their son, daughter, brother, son, husband, wife, whatever, um, and their condition with epilepsy and the rare forms of epilepsy. But more importantly, it's just it's just that shorthand that we all have with each other. Caregivers are a unique breed. We're all caregivers, by the way, Joe. Every one we of love, us. Every one of yeah, us. Yeah, every one of us. It doesn't have to be for a condition. You you care for somebody. You're a caregiver. You're always thinking about them. And the caregiverseries.com, it's, it's a real show. I travel around. I, I love the people that I've met that we, 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 go, we play pickleball or I take somebody out for an art class or classic cars. I took uh, John out for classic car and he told me about, we're two dads, you know, just talking about our kids and our sons that have epilepsy. And, but it, you don't have to have epilepsy or even know anything about it. It's a great show. Jazz Pharmaceuticals, thank you for supporting it. It's, it's just been a wonderful thing and we're going to be doing more with it. I love hearing about all this stuff. You know, and I guess this is my question. You know, I listen to all these great things that you're involved with, with uh, being an advocate. Over the years that you've been talking, you've been getting people's attention, you've been uh, kind of alerting folks to, about epilepsy and other things. How have, have things changed? I mean, is advocacy itself different uh, now than when you started doing it once upon a time? I think it has. I think I think the epilepsy community, and we're talking about three, you know, million plus people that yeah, have it, and then yeah. you think about their family and friends. It ripples out. It's you know in the tens of millions. Um, I think we've brought the community together at the very least. And you know, when Cure reaches out to me and says, "Hey, can you blast this out on social media and support what we're doing?" I say, "Yeah, a hundred percent, absolutely." Um, when Danny did, when. Um, you know, uh, any, any of these organizations that have reached out to me that I partner with, um, uh, you know, a comedy for a cure, I, I, I'll, I'll, if I can't go to the event, I'll, um, you know, I'll do a little, I'll do a video for them, any of the walks that I go to. But the one thing that I'm learning is that we're all in this together. That's the good thing about social media. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad, but right, there's a lot right. of good. And I, if you look at my feed, if you follow me on, on Twitter, if you follow me on, uh, you know, Instagram, whatever, you'll see a lot of my content is for the epilepsy community. Cause when I do a talk show, when I do a talk show, Joe, it's like, 
um, hey, Greg, tell us about that show. You know, I'm, now that we're on strike, I'm not allowed to talk about these I, things. I, but... And I won't ask, right? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. But they'll be like, tell us about that space show you're on. And I'm like, oh, tell us about this. Tell us about that. And I'll, I'll, and that's about three minutes. And then they say, okay, what's personal? And so this is what I really care about. And I, I love my career and I'm very, very, very fortunate, but I am, there's a responsibility that I have. I'm very, very proud of it. Um, I have a band, as you know, yes. uh, called the Action Figures. I'm throwing out a lot of links here, but <laughs> theactionfiguresband.com, uh, theactionfiguresband.com. Everybody on stage has an action figure. They're all some of your favorite actors. Really? From, okay. Yeah, from genre things. And we we just played the Make-A-Wish Foundation Gala. Um, but that I've, I've used that band to help raise money and awareness for many different uh, epilepsy charities and uh, and causes. And so... I don't know. It's all intertwined. Um, I, I feel like I'm, you know, and it's the most rewarding that thing that I could possibly do. Like when I finish a scene or I finish a movie and it does well, some of these movies are huge yeah. movies, you know, yeah. and, and I'm, and I'm just so lucky to be a part of them. Um, Fablemans I was in, you know, oh, yeah, I shouldn't I, mention I, that, but like there are these incredible opportunities and things. Meanwhile, you know, uh, it's great. And it's uh, that'll live forever. It'll be something people watch. But to affect people's lives and see them actually, you know, I'm in an elevator and it's that sort yeah. of fight club nod that I get. I get the nod of like, you know, <laughs> we're in this together. And most yeah. of the time now it's equal parts. Oh, I like your work and thank you for what you're doing for the epilepsy community. And, it, and that just makes me so proud. I love uh, all that you do, and and when I follow you on Twitter, it's true. Uh, it is all epilepsy, and and we're just so thankful that you're out there helping us. I, I am. I'm curious, like you know, of all you've met, so many folks, uh, many yeah. that are uninitiated in epilepsy, many that are. What do you think is the biggest misconception that you that you want to say? You know, take this moment to clear up once and for all about the condition. I mean, I say it all the time, um, but it's, it just seems to never go away, which is sticking something in someone's mouth when they're having a really? seizure, you know? Yeah, it's still out there, and it's the most ridiculous thing. I could be wrong, but this is what I tell people. I say, you know, there's tonic-clonic. When you see someone shaking, tonic is all the muscles are, you know, they're constrained. Right. They're, they're, they're um, what do you call it? Like, they're, they're hard. They're like, ah, like yeah. you're lifting something, right? Yes. And then clonic is the shaking. Okay. So the tonic, what is one of the strongest muscles in our body? Our tongue. So when you have a seizure, the tonic side of it, where all the muscles are stiff, that, that means your tongue is going out. It's not coming back in. You, you don't have to worry about that. If there's food in their mouth, okay, then you, now, now you have some concern. You got to, sure. but don't stick your fingers in there. Don't stick, because they're, they're clonic. They're, they're shaking. And, and, uh, and then just don't be afraid. Put yourself in their position. Put yourself in their shoes. Don't judge. Um, and don't be scared. I know this. you asked me for the one thing, sure. but the, the stigma associated with any condition, people are afraid. Like when Jake was younger, there would be a, another family. It'd be like, I don't know if we could be alone with him. Yeah. I don't know if we want, because they don't want the responsibility. But meanwhile, it's the it's it's one of the most common sense things you can do is be with somebody when they have a seizure and sure. the EMT you know nine one one is just one you know three three pushes of a, a phone away right. from from getting help if you need it but the majority of the time they're gonna be fine don't let the um, images that you've seen in TV and film and the stories throughout the years of scaring people whatever don't let that um, you know dictate how you're gonna react. Don't don't uh, back up. Help them because you would want help. Anybody can have a seizure at any time in their life, and and you know just because you have a seizure doesn't mean you have epilepsy. But it's just one of those things that you you want people to know what to do. We certainly know CPR. We know the Heimlich. We should know what to do if you see someone have a seizure. Remember, they're not going to. I mean, it, it, there's something called drop attacks, but that's very rare. Right. Most of the time, their head is going to start bobbing a little bit. They're going to start shaking a little bit. They're not going to lose their balance right away. So if they're standing there and you see someone do that or they repeat themselves or they're zoning out, go up to them. Make sure that they don't fall. Put your hand on their back. Be ready to catch them in case they do lose their balance. You know, that the fall is what's going to hurt them much more than the seizure most so of the true. time, so you know. True. So th those things, and then um, the one misconception with diagnosis, when you first 
see your child have a seizure or when you first hear the words epilepsy or the possibility of a seizure, the scariest thing is when you go home and we all do it and we Google. Yes. The, yeah. you know, the, the scariest things go to the top of that search bar and it's very frightening. I would just say go to places like talkaboutit.org, talk about it on video. Uh, dot com or the caregiver series.com go there first because then you'll see the support you'll learn well, everything you're going to learn the other side you know seeing the scary stuff but there's so much misinformation out there and and you know when it, there it's not seizure seizures for entertainment but it's like man you you look it up and it's like wow yeah, it's man. all it's it's just scary it's like oh, on a subway platform and this and that and, blah, blah, blah. and it's like okay you, you, we all know what a seizure looks like so don't you don't have to but really educate yourself. Talk to your doctor. Talk about it. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your neurologist. If you hear new things, you know, there's new medicines with all kinds of things, new therapies. If you hear of something, things are moving pretty quickly in a good way in our community. So, you know, drugs are being passed, medications are being passed quicker, and um, they're, they're, you know, there are different types of medicines that are coming out now. Talk to your neurologist about it. Don't be afraid. All neurologists want is seizure freedom for you and your loved one. They want you to get your seizures under control. So when you say, hey, have you heard about this? And they say, no, tell me about it. They want to be educated. They're, they're so busy. They're angels. They are heroes, these people. And they and when you, when you call them or when you text them, and now all these hospitals and all these medical facilities, they have the apps where you can send a text and you get a yes. response right away. Those aren't billable hours, folks. Remember that. These are devoted... Uh, um, you know, people in the medical community that really care. And so don't be afraid to give them information, provide information, help them out because, uh, you know, we're all in this together. Yes, so, so true. You know, Greg, we, as we start looking at, uh, can you believe it, Thanksgiving uh, oh. holidays and, and, this, uh, and, and this conversation is airing uh, the weekend before, uh, I'm curious, like, you know, what, what are you thankful for this year as it comes uh, to with regards to health, family and everything? Um, what what message would you have for, for those out there with regards to that holiday? I would say, um, you know, make two turkeys, uh, smoke one uh, because I have, I've, I've, I've been smoking meats and man, is it amazing? Uh, I smoke a turkey. I know that's not what you're asking. But I smoke a turkey and I deep fried. I did a smoked and a deep fried last year. Wow. Now, really? Okay. It, oh, so good. <laughs> Here's the thing when it comes to epilepsy. Now, Jake, just yeah. as you know, don't, this isn't gospel. This isn't apply to everyone, but Jake is, tries to be as, uh, as no carbs as possible. And I'm not talking about zero carbs. He has okay. salads every day. Okay. He has good carbs, you know, healthy carbs, greens, but he stays away from all sugars, all bread, all potatoes. You cannot really? force that, force him to eat it. And anyway, he's a grown man. He's 27. But I'm sure. just saying he, he works out. He's a second degree Taekwondo black belt. He's wow. teaches Taekwondo. He's got a great job. He's doing everything. You know, he's just like most people that have epilepsy. They're, they're living their lives and they're, they're, they're living well with the condition. Um, but he's aware of what can bring it down. I know when I have sugar, when I have carbs, I just want to sit on a couch and it's like I'm an addict. I just want to, I just sit there and man, it affects me. And that sugar rush and the sugar high and then the sugar drop and all that carbs are the same way, you know, um, in all forms. So he's very aware of it. So I would just say during Thanksgiving, don't, you don't have to, you know, beat yourself up. If you have epilepsy, you don't have to explain it to people. Don't be ashamed. It's like being on a diet. I mean, I go through this yeah, all the time. My yeah. weight goes up and down. Just do you. In, in our final moments here, I, what yeah. message do you want to convey to our listeners out here in Florida and nationally um, about Epilepsy Awareness Month and, you know, supporting this cause, especially for those affected by epilepsy? I would say, you know, it's not just Epilepsy Awareness Month. Um, every month there seems to be two or three yeah. major, major conditions. So, um, but take some time, whether you're a part of the community or not, I hope you're not uh, personally affected by it, but just take some time because it is so everywhere. It is so, uh, you know, it's everywhere you go, there's somebody that could potentially have a seizure. So why not just take some time at the dinner table one night this month 
at the cafe, at the thing, to just be like, do you know what to do in case you have, someone has a seizure? Ask somebody. Discuss it. Go to go to talkaboutit.org. Go to talkaboutitonvideo.com. Go to thecaregiverseries.com. But educate yourself on that simple thing of just what to do and arm yourself with that knowledge. It's simple. I mean, I went through it. Yeah. It's common sense. Yeah. But just discuss it and talk about it. If, that, if, if that's what we get people to, I mean, they're, look, they're listening about it right now, yeah. which is great. So you've done your part, guys. You're listening to, you know, hopefully your favorite actor and your favorite <laughs> physician uh, <laughs> discussing this. Amen. But yeah, but but you know, listen to a podcast, talk about it. Just it's fun. It's really fun. Um, but um, I I just would encourage people to do that because the more we empower ourselves with knowledge, the less scary things are. Um, and then learn from this and go. Oh, you know what? I want to educate myself just about, you know whatever, spina bifida. I want to learn about asthma. I want to learn just the basic principles so that sure. when you meet someone, you're not staring at them. You're not in wonder. You're not scared. You can't catch epilepsy, guys. It does. It's not contagious. So don't worry about asking. And by the way, people that have any condition, they want to talk about it. They don't want you staring at them, wondering, talking behind their back. They don't. If you see someone in a cast, it's okay to go, hey, how'd you break your hand? What's going on yeah. with the cast? Why are you limping? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's a conversation starter. You know, it's like, and the more we talk about it, the more we understand each other, the more we're prepared. God forbid, if someone needs help down the stairs because they're limping, you should know what to do. If someone potentially has a seizure, you should know what yeah. to do. It's very simple and you can be a hero and save someone's life. Just talk about it. I love it. I'm going to let that be our last word, Greg. I cannot awesome. thank you for oh. joining us uh, today. As always, I always enjoy having you come on uh, and join us, talk about um, epilepsy. Thanks for all the incredible work uh, that you're doing uh, and an early happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. And right back at you. Um, I might just throw some smoked turkey into a uh, Ziploc and, and ship it out to Florida. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're all waiting for it. So it, it's all appreciated. Greg, thanks again. I appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. You bet. We've been talking to the fabulous, extraordinary actor, Greg Grumper. He has been a star of so many movies and TV shows. Uh, from Star Wars to A Star is Born, uh, and so many others in between. I, I've lost track, but he's here, and we've been enjoying talking to him about November Epilepsy Awareness Month and his terrific work advocating for epilepsy awareness around the country. And up next, dietitian Jenny Ham provides us tips for a healthy Thanksgiving. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Joe Servan, and this is What's Health Got to Do With It? You know, with Thanksgiving just around the corner, we've brought in an expert today to help us navigate the holiday feast in a healthier way. Joining us is a seasoned dietitian here to share essential tips on enjoying your Thanksgiving meal while making nutritious choices. I think you'll love the valuable advice that'll keep your taste buds and your health in harmony this holiday season. Joining us in studio is Jenny Ham. She is a bariatric navigator and registered dietitian at HCA Florida Memorial Hospital here in Jacksonville. Jenny, welcome to our program. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. It is great to have you here. I am starving already, but we are <laughs> going to be talking about Thanksgiving dinner and how to make it healthier. And mm -hmm. and to everyone out there, stick with us, okay? We're gonna we're gonna try to make this as pleasant, uh, so that we're not talking about uh, ingredients that you may not like. So. Let's start us off. The biggest thing about Thanksgiving dinner is everyone's so concerned about overindulging. Right. So 
let's start us. How do we how do we maintain that balance given just the amount of food everywhere? Right. It is a huge challenge with having balance on a day like Thanksgiving. (laughs) One thing I think that can really help is planning ahead for this day. You know, the challenge we really face with a day like Thanksgiving are the large quantities of food that are available. We also tend to eat in much larger portions. Some families will tend to kind of eat throughout the day, grazing, snacking. It's so easy to do that in a social setting. Um, And then also there's a lot of social expectations and pressures, you know, by family members to eat certain foods, eat certain quantities of foods, drink certain drinks. So there's just a lot involved. Involved with this day. And so, you know, planning ahead, knowing the challenges you're going to face, and also setting some goals. If you are a person who normally goes back for a second serving, maybe you make a goal of going, you know, just having one serving and not going back for that second serving. Maybe you make a goal of just having one alcoholic drink and not several, you know, eating a smaller portion of dessert and, you know, not filling your plate with multiple desserts. So there's little goals you can set for yourself to make that day more balanced. Also, I think variety is really key. You know, a lot of times our meal is full of just meat and lots of starches and there's there's not a lot of nutrients there. But if we can add in a fruit or vegetable side and kind of give a variety of nutrients, that can really help as well. And, you know, bringing a healthy side if it's not available or if you're hosting, having that healthy side available. Well, let's get right into that part. Now, normally I think of turkey as super healthy because (laughs) it's it's a lighter uh, uh, meat that you can have. Um, but it's all about sides. And I guess what are are there some simple tricks for healthier ingredient substitutions so that you can have mashed potatoes or you can have sweet potato casserole <laughs> and it's and it's actually healthier? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So you're making we have me hope. Okay. <laughs> yes. There are some simple uh, ingredient substitutions that you can do. A lot of these dishes call for some kind of milk, some kind of cream, right. lots of butter. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yum. But, um, you know, a lot of times there are, you know, lower fat, reduced fat versions you can use. Um, you know, usually like an unsweetened plant-based milk can be an option. Sometimes it changes the flavor of your dish a little bit, but you know, that could be an option. You know, you can use a lower fat butter, an olive oil based butter, you know, margin if you choose to do that. You can also safely reduce sugar content as well by about 25 to 50 percent without sacrificing too much flavor. It probably won't taste quite as sweet, but it can still maintain a really good flavor just by reducing that sugar content. One of the things that you brought up is, you know, if you want to go back for seconds or thirds, um, I imagine that uh, you, you might be able to, depending on portion size. I know we're on radio, but can you give a visual sense of how big a portion we should be having that's healthier? <laughs> know if there's a specific (laughs) portion size is probably vary by person um but there are definitely strategies to help reduce our portion size okay okay (laughs) um so yeah so i mean certainly one thing that can be really challenging is we just tend to eat larger portions our eyes are big there's lots of food we very easily fill our plates um so you know some assistive things you can do are just using a smaller plate, getting that salad size plate instead of the regular size plate. Um, You may look a little funny, but you can use smaller utensils. (laughs) Eating, taking smaller bites um, slows down your pace of eating, Ah. which gives your stomach more time to send those hormonal signals to your brain. It usually takes about 20 to 30 minutes for our brain to register that we're full from the time that we start eating. Ah. So slowing down eating actually helps you to portion control and eat less. Um, Another helpful thing is not skipping meals. Um, We really want to eat breakfast or if you're having a later Thanksgiving meal, eat lunch. If you eat prior to that meal and you're not going into the meal starving, usually when we go into a meal starving, we tend to overindulge. We tend to overeat. We eat faster because we're making up for 
you know, that loss of nutrients. So actually eating balanced meals prior to the meal will help you feel more satisfied and will help you to slow down your eating and have better portion control. Let me get into specific items on the uh, menu. Let's talk turkey. Uh, our first guest, uh, Greg Grumberg, he, he chatted with us about deep fried turkey versus a smoked mm-hmm. turkey. Uh <laughs> What's the healthiest way or healthier way to prepare and enjoy that turkey? Right. So I would not say deep frying. Okay. <laughs> I had a feeling. Is the healthiest. <laughs> um, probably the best way to reduce the amount of saturated fat added to your turkey is going to be more roasting your t- okay. turkey. Okay. Um, now, you can obviously add flavor through adding different herbs, you know, thyme, rosemary, sage, oregano, marjoram are great. You can um, definitely use garlic cloves, lemon zest, you know, different broths to add flavor. Um, you can also use a pressure cooker or a slow cooker as well. That's a nice way to limit the amount of added fat and it also helps to prevent drying out your turkey because obviously roasting is more of a dry cooking method whereas if you're slow cooking pressure cooking it can help your meat to maintain some moisture so that helps as well what about and this is going to be the one that i and i know have some relatives who will be kind of uh mouth-watering on this the gravy uh (laughs) is there Mm -hmm. is there such a thing as a healthy gravy <laughs> uh, or or is that just fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> if I'd argue there's a healthy gravy. There are ways to make your gravy lower in fat. Okay, okay. And what is that? that? So what makes gravy typically lower in fat is the use of butter, milk, and then the drippings off of meats, which obviously give it great flavor. Um, But obviously, you know, again, going back to using lower fat butters, olive oil-based butters, margarine, you can use a lower fat or skim milk instead of the cream. And you can also try just using like a broth, like a meat or vegetable broth in place of drippings. So it's probably not going to have as quite that, you know, thick, you know, flavor that the drippings off meat give, but it can still give a nice, you know, good flavor. How can we make uh, stuffing or mashed potatoes healthier? Mm, yeah. <laughs> God, I'm starving. <laughs> nah, I know. Um, so yeah, stuffing, you know, what makes it so high in carbohydrates is just all of the bread and the stuffing cubes that are used. So, you know, sometimes with stuffing, we can increase the amount of meat or vegetables. A lot of times stuffing is mixed with a number of different ingredients. So if you increase that and then reduce the amount of bread or stuffing that you're using in your dish, that can just lower the carbohydrate content. It's probably not going to hold together quite as well. It's going to be a little bit looser, but, you know, it can still get a really good flavor. You can also use things like cornmeal, breadcrumbs, or like a corn bread mix. Um, You use a lot less of that to make the dish compared to the amount of bread you usually pack into that recipe. So that can end up reducing the carbohydrate content. Now with mashed potatoes, you know, unless you're going to use something like cauliflower as a substitute, <laughs> no. not it's a little harder to reduce the carbohydrates. Now, if you use something like a lower fat milk or reduced fat or low fat butter, that can obviously reduce the fat content in that yeah. dish. <laughs> Let me bring up the the final piece of this that is such, oh my God, everyone goes crazy, is the dessert. Mm-hmm. Um what advice do you have for us? I mean, that's, I'm thinking apple. I'm thinking pumpkin pie. <laughs> I am thinking of probably many others that other uh, <laughs> folks have. What, what advice do you have uh, in terms of preparation or enjoying it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely substitutions you can make to your desserts to make them healthier. You can, if you're, if it calls for like an oil or a butter, you can always replace it with an unsweetened applesauce or something like a pureed banana, carrot, or pumpkin to reduce the fat. Um, As far as, you know, with portion control of desserts, I think just planning ahead and prioritizing the desserts that are really important to you, you know, whether that is a piece of pie or the cake that, you know, that family member makes, you know, prioritizing that dessert, you know, first and foremost. You can also, one strategy is having your dessert with the main meal. Um, So it's not on top of or in addition to your main meal, but it's part of your plate. Um, So that's one thing you can do. You can also just try starting with a smaller portion of your dessert. That way, you know, you usually find that a lot of times a smaller portion 
still satisfies that sweet craving than, you know, a larger portion of that dessert. So start with a smaller portion and always give yourself freedom if it's not enough to go back for more if you need to. Kind of fun. Everyone has always said, just have a spoonful that mm-hmm. gives you the taste. <laughs> right, exactly. And that should be enough. Mm, yeah, absolutely. In an ideal world. <laughs> yeah, in an ideal world. We're, we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol sometimes uh, is also a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you speak to us on two fronts? Number one, how do we be mindful of alcohol consumption and talk about alcohol as calories? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, alcohol can be very big around the holidays for sure. Um, so certainly with alcohol, I think just setting a goal for how much you want to consume. If it's, you know, one glass of wine, you know, a couple of beers, um, liquor, you know, a mixed drink, you know, whatever that goal is. Certainly certain types of alcohol will be higher in calories. You know, certainly, you know, beer is one that's probably a little bit higher in calories unless you're drinking like a lighter beer. So sometimes, you know, a wine can be a little bit lighter compared to other types of alcohol. Liquor drinks are going to vary depending on your mixer. You can always use a, you know, a sugar-free, you know, mixer or something that's a little bit lighter to lower the calories. I think one of the challenges with alcohol is just there's, again, a lot of social pressure to drink or, you know, someone's constantly refilling your glass. So navigating around that can be tricky. So, you know, obviously having a script ready if you're feeling a lot of pressure, you know, no, no, thank you. I'm good tonight. Or, you know, having a drink in your hand at all times so you avoid questions. Um, and then, you know, obviously giving yourself space if you need to step away, if it's, you know, getting overwhelming, you know, take a walk. So whatever you need to do to kind of help with that moderation. We are often left with tons of leftovers. Um, any suggestions for repurposing the leftovers, but not not being a turkey pot pie or or like this uh, turkey hoagie or something along those mm. lines? Is there <laughs> is there a healthier way to repurpose it? Absolutely. Yeah, certainly with turkey. um, And if you're trying to avoid doing like a sandwich or a pot pie, you can always, you know, cook your turkey like into a stew that has lots of vegetables and is more like a broth based stew stew. Or if you're making a salad, use it as a topper for your salad. If you do want to have like a sandwich, you can always make an open face sandwich that kind of reduces the amount of bread that you're using um, or using like a lettuce wrap um, is kind of a different alternative as well. Um, Another, you know, thing you can do if you've got leftover cranberry sauce, you can add that into some, you know, yogurt or yogurt parfait Mm. or if you like overnight oats or oatmeal, that can be a nice addition um, to some of those dishes. And certainly with some of those side dishes, you know, just doing smaller portions of those, you know, in limited quantities. I love these ideas. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious, what, uh, as, as since you're a registered dietitian, does your Thanksgiving <laughs> table look similar to everyone else's? Or is it, it does it look, <laughs> is it a healthier, I, I'm just kind of curious to kind of see what, what, what would that look like in general? Well, and typically I'm not always the one cooking. Okay. I will be honest about that. <laughs> um, I'm usually attending gatherings rather than hosting. But um, I do usually... A lot of times there are a lot of meat, a lot of sorts. It looks very typical to someone else's <laughs> Thanksgiving. So I do try to make like a, a healthier side. I like to like roast some Brussels sprouts or um, do like some green beans with a little bit of Parmesan cheese or like a, you know, a healthier um, sweet potato dish. So I try to make some of those dishes that are going to provide me with a healthier side, you know, to kind of balance everything out. To all of our listeners out there, they're probably in a grocery store picking up uh, different items, prepping for for this uh, feast. Uh, what advice, if if you could get someone to do something different about, you know, whether it's Thanksgiving or maybe it's a Christmas or New Year's or whatever mm-hmm. holiday, what advice would you have for them? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think going into these holidays again, you know, being prepared and aware of the challenges that you're facing um, with these holidays, but also just remembering that we have freedom to choose how we want our day to look. Um, Certainly, you know, if planning ahead, you know, setting those goals helps you to maintain and, you know, eat 
have a better day, eat healthier, that's great. But certainly we need to feel freedom that we can not do that if it steals too much joy from the day. You know, we want to be able to still enjoy that holiday, have the joy from it, you know, and certainly feeling the freedom to do that. Um, So I think just going into it with an open mind, you know, as far as, you know, planning ahead and setting those goals, but even if things just don't go as planned, you know, it's not the end of the world. And I think also we can change our perspective as far as assigning moral values to foods, yeah. calling foods good or bad. All yeah. foods can really be part of a healthy life. So even those less nutrient-dense foods, those ones that are not as great for us, they can still be a part of a healthy lifestyle. And I think that can help us feel like less shame about our food choices and kind of just enjoy the day more. Jenny, I really appreciate all of this advice. Uh, You've been wonderful to talk to, and I wish you the happiest of holidays. Thank you so much. Happiest of holidays to you, too. I appreciate it. We've been talking to Jenny Hamm. She is a bariatric navigator and a registered dietitian at HCA Memorial Florida Hospital here in Jacksonville. Well, that's our program for today. We hope you've enjoyed our show. If you missed anything, you can listen to the full episode at WJCT.org and on your favorite podcast app. Thanks to all of our guests. Our executive producer is David Luckin. Stacey Bennett is our producer. Brady Corum is our director. Next week's program is an interview with the president of the National Association of Nurse Practitioners. If you have any questions about this or any topic, let us know by calling us at 904-358-6362, email us at health at wjct.org, or tweet me at jservin. I'm Dr. Joe Servin, and you're listening to What's Health Got to Do With It on WJCT News 89.9 Jacksonville. Thank you for listening, happy Thanksgiving, and stay in touch. in part by Eli Lilly and Company. Is migraine impacting your life or daily activities four or more days per month? If so, ask your healthcare professional if you are a candidate for migraine prevention treatments and which ones might be best for you. Learn more at thinkmigraine.com. The American Brain Foundation. For over 30 years, the foundation has worked with researchers to discover better treatment, prevention, and cures for brain diseases and disorders. Imagine life without brain disease. Learn more at AmericanBrainFoundation.org. And Rethreaded restores choice and breaks the cycle of generational trauma for survivors of human trafficking in Jacksonville, Florida, through business. You can help. Learn more about Rethreaded survivor-created goods at the storefront or rethreaded.com shop.